0: I'm Jordan Ferguson,
1: and I'm Kitten McKinnon,
0: and you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am tired out in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, possibly fully lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, Ontario, because she's on vacation. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hi. Listen how, listen Hi, how, I'm on vacation, everybody. Listen how rested she sounds.
1: I know, chipper, rested. That's
0: the, that's the sound of somebody. Excited to be here. That's the sound of somebody at the start of a vacation
1: yeah no the the upcoming stress of returning to a monday has not hit me yet that's,
0: that's so many days away it's so many days away we don't have to think about that right now friends this is episode 284 of the geek down podcast if you want to listen to any of our other 283 episodes you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content spotify soundcloud google apple or stitcher give us a rate review follow subscribe helps push us up the algo helps new friends find the show and when you do any of those things, you'll never have to worry about missing an episode because maybe you're out there being people like me this weekend and you don't have time to keep up on all your podcasts. Shit, I almost lost my Duolingo streak today. That's how people i I've been. I get it. Whoa. Listen. Wow. It was dire for a second, y'all. <laughs> my Duolingo streak is like over a thousand days. like, listen. Wow. Real talk. I, it's, <laughs> and I still can speak Japanese at the level of a... Of, of the children on Old Enough. That's about as well as I can, as I can do. <laughs> Send me on my first errand. <laughs> Okasa. Um, so we get it. Sometimes you're out there. You don't have time to keep up on all these things, but you'll never have to worry about it. Because when you follow the show, you can even click the little bell on Spotify and we'll let you know that a new episode has arrived. Freshly delivered from the back of a rainbow mane alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey, first to look is the third geek down internet elf. Oh my God! He nothing. He wants to do more than to make sure you are up to date on your podcast inventory.
1: And this man never goes on vacation.
0: No, no days off. No days off for Chauncey. What's what's that terrible song they play on TikTok? I'm on vacation. You're
1: asking me, I'm the on, oldest
0: person you know. <laughs> I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. That's Chauncey. <laughs> Friends, how are you spending your vacations? It's a holiday here in Canada this this weekend. How'd you spend it? Did you have a good time? Let us know. Twitter.com slash geekdownpot. Looks like we may be there for a while. Get off Twitter. Elon, Elon's having a time, y'all.
1: <laughs> I just... I don't ever wish a death upon anyone, but I just sometimes wish people would go away.
0: <laughs> I don't... It's like some people just need to uh, fall down the stairs and be in bed. In bed rest for a few months.
1: <laughs> Not even that. Like, I just want them to, like retreat from society (laughs) (laughs) go live in the woods maybe
0: retreat from society and public life (laughs) entirely but yes that is where the show lives on the social media the only place the show lives on the social media if you would like to support this endeavor financially so we can enjoy our vacation days maybe a little more listen your boy and your girl next episode probs in person yo probs in person Yeah. may go out and get a little some, some munchables after that Maybe you want to say thank you for all the content. Have a meal on us. We would love that. We'd appreciate it. KO-FI.com slash geekdompod. $3 intervals into the old tip jar.
1: And you know what?
0: Hmm.
1: Anything, Everything helps, especially if you're going out for something to eat in Toronto. Listen,
0: it's pa- so pandemic, pandemic life has been rough. Listen. Listen. I'm going to talk more about where I was in a minute. Last night, I was out, y'all. I was out. We outside. I was outside. I had some time to kill before speaking with someone at the event. I said, let me go get a drink. When's the last time I had a drink? So I went up to the bar and I ordered a bottle of Heineken. The man set it on the counter. I handed him a $20 bill. He gave me back $11 and I went, this is why I don't go out. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It turned me $9 for a bottle of fucking Heineken.
1: I, I, I prepared for my outing.
0: You had a, What was your outing?
1: Uh, I went to Dr. Strange <laughs> this weekend oh. to a movie theater, but I knew I already, I, you know, I mean, Christopher already told me how much the tickets cost. <laughs> I wasn't paying for snacks. I'm not paying movie theater prices for snacks. Mm-mm. I hit the panorama, I packed things in my bag. I was set.
0: Yeah, you did. Yes, you did they're not checking for anything the only the only problem with the movie snacks and not that anybody cares at this point i think anymore is like if you're trying to get your i think i think the move is to like if you have got the bottle pop you got to like open it in the bathroom so you get the the uh the carbonation hiss out of the way before you go back in the theater right it's not going to go but- flat in the, in the 2 seconds it takes you to get back to your seat but
1: but well, okay. But here's the thing. They, first of all, you can, you can take snacks into movie theaters now. Oh, word. Yeah, because someone was like, uh, they're like allergic to peanuts or something, couldn't have anything, and they're like, they sued a movie theater. Oh. So this has been like this for a while. But I'm still old school, <laughs> so I'm kind of like like shove it down my shirt I and mean, like <laughs> put all these like Maltesers in your pocket. I was say, like, ev- every, everyone,
0: out. everyone knows Skittles taste better if you pull them out of your bra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Proscitals. Um <laughs> just like when you've got like pocket cookies. Um you just pull out a cookie, you be like, Where's the cookie from? I'm like my pocket, obviously. Don't worry about um, it. Um don't worry about it. Uh but yeah, no, I'm I, I know this, but I'm still kind of like I think you're not supposed to be flagrant about it, but I am like ninety nine point nine percent positive. You're
0: supposed to be they wa- can't waving them at the it's concession amazing. workers, <laughs> be like, do yeah.
1: something. Also, they—I mean, movie theaters are so loud they can't actually hear you open it. I can open like a can of Coke. Everyone, everyone thinks you, everyone
0: thinks you can though. You know the most balling ass thing I ever did on a movie theater? I went to the Burger Spree beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and we were eating straight like Burgers Priest in the movie theater. The second we unwrapped it, it just what the smell was everywhere. It's like, hmm. do you
1: want to know the craziest thing I've done? And it's not for like at a movie theater, it's not even crazy. This is how much of a good kid I am. I packed a spaghetti dinner, <laughs> with, like, girl,
0: like, full-on spaghetti dinner. <laughs> to the movie theater? Yes. I I
1: was really excited about spaghetti, but I got asked to go to a movie, <laughs> so I just <laughs> i was in my 20s i was at university i was wasting my day i was starving but i needed to like leave right then so i just like (laughs) hucked it (laughs) it It was amazing it was the best movie i'd ever been to yeah (laughs) this is this is who you chose to do the podcast with. oh my
0: god i've made a huge mistake friends forget what i said before about the twitter uh i want to know Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. I want to know the most fucked up thing you've brought into, into a movie theater. <laughs> it's going to be hard-pressed to, hard to beat a full-ass spaghetti dinner. Rotisserie chicken, I think, is maybe the only thing that'll top that at this point. Full ass in the plastic, you know, handle case. <laughs> <laughs> Rotisserie chicken. Um, <laughs>
1: well. Oh, you're giving me ideas, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we will talk about... We will talk about the uh, the multiverse and its madness a little later during updates. Do you have any other anything else you want to get out before I talk uh, about my uh, night?
1: Yeah, no, no that was that was the highlight for sure.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, friends, like I said, I was out last night at uh, the Drake Underground here in Toronto for an event celebrating the release of the book Dilla Time uh, by Dan Jarnis, who. I may have mentioned on the show once or twice that I also wrote a book about Della and I can cop to having complicated feelings about the book. You know, basically every time I would read the book, I would just be like, oh, look what else you got wrong. Um, (laughs) Look at all the mistakes you made. Look at what you did wrong. Look at, oh, Dan talked to this person and they wouldn't talk to you. You know, things like that. Forgetting that I wrote mine like, you know, eight years ago. And yeah. things and people change. Or, as Dan himself said to me, there are different missions. That was a very nice way to put it. Um, anyway, so I hemmed and hawed, as I want to do. And as no one is surprised to hear. And But ultimately, once I paid the money <laughs> for the ticket, I was <laughs> like, well, I guess you're going. Um, so I go. They talk for about two hours um, in interview with Dan and this uh, guy, R.C., who is um, DJ, one-time Toronto '90s rapper, um, just figure of sorts, um, and at one point they're kind of talking about mythologizing, um, because Dilla has since passed, and there's been a lot of you know um, myths that have kind of just like you know lore kind of created in the wake of his death. And it was, Dan was on stage talking about, you know, one of the greatest myths about Dilla is this notion that he was, you know, making his last album from his hospital bed. You know, just tapping out the beats in his hospital bed on an MPC. And when you really talk to people and look at it, um, the timelines of that don't really add up. And that was something I kind of mentioned in my book and something I wanted to, you know, get out there. It was just like, I'm not making known that I wasn't totally buying into that. In my book, and when Dan was talking about that stuff, he mentioned, from the stage, not knowing I'm in the audience, you know, I wouldn't – I can't be in Toronto and not, you know, salute Jordan Ferguson, who wrote the first book about Della the 33 and a third on on donuts. And there was a, you know, a little clap here and there, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, That is very nice. And so then (laughs) – they sent the talk ends. And it's like anybody who wants their book signed, uh, Dan's going to be here. He'll sign the books. And so I'm in line and I get up to where he's at. And if the DJ is already going, it's super loud. So I just had typed <laughs> on my notes app like, hi, Dan, I'm Jordan Ferguson. It's nice to finally meet you. Thanks for the shout out. Um, and before I can even show him. He sees. I've got this sweatshirt on that is generally. It's. <laughs> I, was, I was wearing my my hip hop dude one one outfit, which is basically like. I was
1: I was gonna ask you beforehand. I was like, have you got your outfit all planned out? It's oh, all yeah. matching. It's, it's, Do it's, the sneaks match the hat? It's the camo
0: pants and the Stan Smiths and and the black Champion crew neck with the um with my fitted that's got a treble clef on it, um, and it's a sweatshirt that someone cute actually gave me. It's just a black Champion crew neck that has uh like an Helvetica on the front. Uh, made in the golden era, referring to like the golden era of rap, the '90s, that sort of thing. So before I can even show Dan my phone, he sees my sweatshirt and he's like, "Oh shit! Can I get a? I love that sweatshirt. Can I get a photo? Can I get a photo of it?" I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> so at this point, he just thinks I'm a cool ass motherfucker who we met in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then and then I I hold up my phone and he reads it and he like literally does the like brain blown emoji, like in front of me, um, <laughs> comes around from the table, huge dap and a hug and like signs my book. And is like, man, we got to talk. Are you going to, are you going to be hanging around? And I was like planning on dipping cause I'm old and $9 Heinekens <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> and, and then I told Caitlin and a couple other people and told Dan myself when we started talking, I said, I wasn't doing the after party cause they were going to have a party afterwards with like DJs playing Dilla shit. Till like 2.30, I said I didn't, I didn't need to go to the after party because I didn't want to be an old motherfucker in a room full of other old motherfuckers listening to the same shit we've been listening to for 20 years. But there I was. Um, and
1: on top of all of that, you didn't have a spaghetti dinner with you.
0: I was going to get hungry, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Although at one point early in the night, I guess they do have a kitchen at the Drake. Some dude walks by with like a full-ass club sandwich and walks through like the dance floor and hands it to somebody. I'm like, what? You're like, I want one of those. Can I get a club sandwich? Um, <laughs> anyway, so Dan uh, Dan finishes up with the signing, buys me a drink. We chop it up for like a couple hours. Just, I told people afterwards, I'm not going to obviously go into what we were chatting about, but like, I, I've talked about it on the show before how I felt like I was like gone from that world, right? Like I had my moment. I did this thing and then whether it was my own struggles with pitching or not having ideas and not knowing what to do with them or just getting lacking the focus to really, you know, get some stuff done. And even if I did, what would I do with it? That sort of thing. Um, I felt that I had been like pushed out of that world and for Dan to talk to me for as long as he did as like a peer, um, was I don't know. It felt good, and it reminded me that like even if the book I wrote is the like only thing I ever do, it still means something to people. Like yeah, when people it re- does. When people realize, who- <laughs> shut up. <laughs> when people realize <laughs> who I was, um, you know, they were like, "Holy shit, you're here too!" Like I read your book back whenever, you know, um, and. I won't say what Dan wrote in the book, but it was very sweet and generous. But he also tweeted a photo later that said the photo of us that was taken. And, you know, the caption he put was, you're looking at two guys who wrote a book about Dilla, Respect the Architect, at Jordan Ferguson. Um, Aww. Which he didn't, he did not have to do, right? Like, it was just, and like, I had spoken to Dan over the years here and there. I I hadn't talked to him for a real ass long time, but he was just so delighted to see me and to finally like meet me. And I was, as I was with him, like it was just, it was just a really, the lesson is folks sometimes just do the thing. (laughs) We hate doing things sometimes around here, but sometimes it's, especially, you know, me by myself doing stuff. Woof. Woof. But yeah, I would have, uh, I would have greatly uh, regretted it had I not gone. Uh, times in stores now. It's very, If you are even a little bit familiar with Dilla, or if you're not, it's just a good-ass discussion about what makes him a genius. It's obviously has a bunch of biographical stuff in there as well, but it's really Dan's thesis that he had talked to me about when I spoke to his class on Dilla that he he taught at NYU back in, like, 2017, I think, um, of Dilla's use of time in his rhythms Mm. and how that is now a standard thing. And he invented it. And like, that's his legacy. You listen to groups like Hiatus Coyote or Moonchild, these kind of like R&B groups that do the quote unquote, neo soul sludgy. The beat sounds a little off. The bass is filling in weird gaps. Like that's all Dilla. It's not Dilla. And Dan's argument is it's not a Dilla feel. It's a Dilla time. It's how he used time in his rhythms. Anyway, I don't want to nerd out or geek down as it were too much. About that, but. Can it ever be too much, Jordan? Can it ever be too much? No. Never. Friends, there's a bit of news out there this week. There were a few things, actually. I don't want to talk about the softball-ass Vanity Fair Star Wars article that came out last week. Where Kathleen Kennedy tried to be like, TV was always the plan, girl. 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 Good save, but nah. Um, that said, Obi-Wan still looks dope. I'll probably watch it. Also had a rumor out there that a fourth season of Daredevil is officially in production or being pitched. Yeah,
1: I saw, or I saw that. I was interested, but then I remembered I don't, didn't make it, I don't think, through all of season two, so...
0: People didn't get through season three of Daredevil, which is unfortunate, because season two was too many ninjas, you know how I feel about that, but season three was back to basics, <laughs> it was bullseye, kingpin, Daredevil, that's what I want, leave the fucking ninjas out. Um, and season three was actually really good. Um, the question, obviously, is like, if this is a Disney Plus production, are we going to get... <laughs> is this going to be... Daredevil, cute and cuddly? Is this going to be uh, a tropical shirt fedora, Wilson Fisk? <laughs> From oh my Hawkeye? God, like yes. like which, which one are we getting here? Is anybody getting their head bashed in a car door until it falls off in this show? <laughs> their head, not the door. You
1: mean fun times?
0: Is anybody going to. Are we going to have an old boy fight in the Disney Plus version of Daredevil? <laughs> Maybe not. Um, TBD for that, but, you know, listen. Obviously there were many things I loved about No Way Home. Charlie Cox appearing as Matt Murdock was obviously one of them. So I am Yes. I'm all here for uh your boy Charlie putting the suit on again. But the big the big hype out of out of Marvel this week was the release of the She-Hulk trailer. Friends, something you need to understand about me. I got a deep love of She-Hulk from way back. Way back. Way back. John Byrne She-Hulk, very formative on your boy. Just leave it there. Um we also talked, I believe, about the Charles Soule uh iteration of the character, the more legal comedic uh take on the character, which it looks like that is the show is hand over fist uh pillaging in tone. Which 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 we love. Which it should be, yes. Where that's not that's not a critique at all. If you're gonna do She Hulk, that's what you should do. Um, yeah, you want She Hulk uh, you know.
1: Uh, law and Order. Yes. <laughs> like, that's, yes. That's what we want. I want
0: She-Hulk LA Law. That's what I want. Um, because, listen, and this is, this has been the thing that people have pointed out since, God, since, like, Winter Soldier, that, like, if you got to make superhero shit <laughs> to get your stuff done, what can you Trojan horse into that, right? Yeah. Loki is essentially, you know, Doctor Who with, you know, the God of Mischief. Um, and you know, there've been other, you know, WandaVision initially was meant to be like this, you know, examination of sit of, you know, sitcom and TV tropes throughout the years. Um, ultimately it always has to end in smashy smashy, but you know, that's, that's how it Mm. is. There will be smashy smashy and She-Hulk as well. Um, because it's a Marvel thing that exists, there were obviously takes coming from all sides. Um, I don't care about the janky CGI take, uh, primarily because it's not done. Yeah. It may still look janky in August when it comes out, but I mean, you know, Chris and Andy were talking about this and Andy who worked on a TV show was like, we were doing VFX for episodes that were coming out, you know, a month later, <laughs> the show, the show was on yeah. the air you know, episode three aired and we were still doing VFX on episode nine. Like, you know, like.
1: And I mean, also, it's, I mean, it's still going to be fun. Like, it's not like, I understand that, especially I talk about this sometimes, about certain VFX, like, pop me out of the story. But this is superheroes and it's, no one wants, thinks it's going to be real, right? Like. You know, gamma rays don't really do that, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal, but, but yeah, people, it's the take economy. You gotta have a take about something.
0: Well, the the other side of the take economy on this specifically is, is she big enough? Yeah. Which is obviously, this is a uh, wrap up I'm seeing on the Mary Sue. No one is surprised on that. Um. But the added part of this, listen, I don't, I know some people are out there being like, she should be fucking gonked. Um, and what we're seeing from this trailer is not. To be fair, if it's the, you know, Charles Soule, L.A. Law version of the character, she wasn't super gunked in that either. No, she, no, was she wasn't. She was taller. She was like, you know, eight feet taller, whatever. And, and she was muscular, but not
1: like. Swole.
0: Yeah. I like that. Muscular, but not swole. She was Jade Cargill. Anyway, what's interesting about this is that added to this is a series of now deleted tweets from um, someone who was working at the same company that was doing the effects and said that they were getting notes to make her smaller perpetually. That that Marvel was giving notes to make her smaller. Um, The actual tweet as... Uh, yoinked by Comic Book Resources, said, quote, and it was from, uh, uh, this was a guy named Sean Rucroft who is a VFX artist at Industrial Light and Magic, said, quote, I was at a company that did VFX for this. Apparently she was bigger early on, but the notes kept saying to, quote, make her smaller. We always roll our eyes, like we did on Sonic. I don't know what he's referring to there, but we'll talk about Sonic <laughs> later in the show. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, artists got to follow orders. So if it was like, no, she can't be too big because that's not palatable for, you know, the mass market audience. Friends, I'm here to tell you. There's something as, for everybody. As, as, a boy, as a boy who grew up with John Byrne She-Hulk, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> no, it don't. Um, it's going to be fine, nerds. Like, it's it's odd if the notes were to, like, shrink her down and just make her, <laughs> the, like, a okay. sexy green lady. but
1: Which, okay, but from what i've seen she's not just just a sexy green lady like she is a lot bigger um and it could be that the notes were to make her smaller because their version of she-hulk was just what we said right it was a slightly smaller slightly like sexy lawyery she-hulk um which is fine also um I just feel like there's a lot that can be misconstrued and if you're looking for
0: a take, you're going to find one. You're going to find one. Like, listen, there's, there's the, there's the crew out there that wants super gonked, ripped, muscular, you know, what in the original version of the character was called the savage She-Hulk, you know, where she's just crazy ripped and swole. And then there's a version that just kind of wants her like fit that thinks the, the best version of the character is where she's just, you know, fit and not you know, more, because that's the version that kind of like has been used more in like the, that's the, that's the John Byrne version. That's the Charles Soule version where like, it's less about punching a hole through a mountain and more about like, you know, her day to day and, you know, the lawyer stuff, which is what makes the character super interesting. Like, listen, you give me a fucking Charlie Cox cameo in this show. You give me my Daredevil V... She Hulk in the courtroom. Show, which happened in the comics, more more than one occasion. Listen, give me that. Yeah,
1: that's as someone who has a love of Law and Order <laughs> and of She Hulk. Yes, please.
0: All will be revealed come August, but it's just uh, it's man. People always always need something to complain about. Uh, but still, I do hope they polish up the CGI a little bit. Um, also, it's Tatiana Maslany, and she's going to be awesome. So just... Yeah, more Canadians repping. Always like that. Always like that. Kate! Yeah? How was Doctor Strange? Um, it wasn't great. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: I mean, there were parts that Which, were great.
0: Would you call it God-level dog shit?
1: N- no. <laughs> But there were parts that were that were good and fun and I liked. Um, but it just, I, I'm just like sort of impressed at how you can bungle <laughs> so much, so much at once. Um, there are, I have a lot of quibbles. I pulled that one out on senior correspondent when we left the theater. I was like, I got a lot of quibbles like quibbles huh um some stuff was just like nitpicky and some stuff was like the whole entire premise of the movie <laughs> so like there definitely there were there was a lot there there was a lot they needed to workshop it maybe a little on, bit more. on the
0: one hand his cape was wrong on the other hand the entire motivation for the villain was questionable it
1: the, kind of yeah um there are going to be spoilers for the next couple minutes so oh my gosh, if Skip you, Please skip ahead. I don't want to get an angry tweet at Jordan that gets funneled to me. (laughs) Um, So I don't know how much you have read or what kind of spoilers you've seen. Pretty
0: much all of it.
1: All of it. Okay. So for instance, I didn't know. I had seen two spoilers. One that there was a possible came or there's a cameo from, uh, Captain Carter, which was lovely, and there was a uh, and and Professor X was going to be there at some point doing something. I didn't know what. I didn't know what it was about. I did not know Reed Richards was going to show up.
0: What were they there to do? Get murdered, Kate. That's what they were there to do.
1: That's what they're there to do. So I didn't know Reed Richards was going to show up. Um, so there was a ooh from me being like, "That's fun." Um and of course I we'd seen the rumors about um what's his face being Reed Richards and yes. I was like uh by Re- what's his face um it's
0: Krasinski. I'm Jim Halpert
1: Yeah that's right. Um and thank you thank you Jordan. You couldn't <laughs> see with my hands I was doing this thing that was like a puppet chomping. She was she was, I was, like, Scar- you know, she was Scarlet
0: yeah. Witching. She was like making was, the making was, yeah. the fingers to try to conjure yeah. his name with chaos magic.
1: Exactly. Um, and I didn't know, uh, that, um, uh, Rambo Captain Marvel was going to be there, which was really exciting. Um, she, but he, she, okay. She so, get murdered so, too? Yeah. So, so here, the, here's the problem. You have a character like Captain Marvel that's basically invincible And then instead of Wanda changing reality to turn her into, like, Q... Do you remember the movie Cube? (laughs) Like the Canadian movie, horror movie? Yes. It's
0: also something Thanos did in the OG Infinity Gauntlet comic where he turned someone, Cyclops or somebody, into, like, cubes.
1: In cubes, yeah. So instead of changing reality, which is, like, a big part of her her, um, power, she apparently was able to crush Captain Marvel with a big statue. Oh. Which it's it's not only frustrating because I, really you should have more of a balance of characters in my opinion. Um, but also that should not be possible. <laughs> like it just does not make any sense. Like they have this big battle and they're all powerful. And then she crushes her with a big rock basically essentially is what you're telling me. Which anyways doesn't make any sense. So there's stuff like that that was just more like that's dumb. Um, and then there were things like, so I had mentioned, I think, on the show that I had read an article, I think we talked about it a little bit, that apparently uh, Sam Raimi had not seen all of WandaVision.
0: Not all of it, no.
1: Um, and yeah, it's real evident. Look, I like a turn as much as the next person. It was but, the
0: dark hold, Caitlin.
1: But then they didn't really talk about it. They actually did not ever say, like, she is specifically being influenced. Like, you know this from wrestling. You can't just have someone turn into a heel (laughs) like that. You gotta have, like, a good build-up. It's from Daenerys Targaryen from Game (laughs) of Thrones. Like, you need to have, even if it's, like, the first, like, like, literally 10 minutes just devoted to, like, some flashbacks or some like her brain being going dark a little bit. Like it's something right. It's instead it was just like literally like that. And it was like, yeah, I want my kids back. So I'm going to murder another child. Like it just didn't, uh, it didn't make any sense. And I also had a problem with instead of making, I, I know why it was done, but instead of, so Um, America Chavez is, is very well known for being a lesbian. And I understand she's a kid in this movie. So you couldn't necessarily show her being in a relationship. I mean, you possibly could have written it into the script, but they had other stuff to just cram right in there. So, okay, fine. But then they made her come from what I believe is a planet of lesbianism. Which, again, is fine, but it undermines her being a lesbian as it's, like, a cultural thing. If anyone so is it knows she that episode comes from a P&E? planet of lesbians? It basically. I mean... Oh, my. They don't actually say that, but she has two moms, which is great. And I'm, like, all for that. But, like, it took agency, weirdly, away from her. And anyways, so there was a lot... There were certain things that I thought were fun, certain things that I thought were really dumb, and not, like, fun-dumb. They were just, like, someone did not properly go through the script. It did not get workshopped enough. <laughs> they were making changes as the movie was going to trailer, like, that kind of thing. Um, and they could have done better. Uh, so, yeah. It, I mean, I, I wish I had seen something else in theater, but... <laughs> But it actually was actually a really interesting spectacle, and the sound was really good, uh, according to senior correspondent Chris. I, I'm just like, it's loud, and he's like, no, you can really hear like this thing and this thing. Um, but yeah, that that was my experience. Also, I probably have COVID now.
0: Oh, I definitely have COVID after last night.
1: Yeah, there we go. We both got COVID.
0: Hooray! Maybe we won't be in person Hooray. next week. Yeah?
1: So yeah, that's that's basically the long and short of it. It was it was dumb. You could probably miss it. I did really like America Chavez though. I liked the actress. I liked the character. Um, they could have done better by her, but, but yeah.
0: Well, what else you see? Anything better than Dr. Strange?
1: Oh, I, I've seen a ton of stuff. Oh my God. This week. Um, I actually had to, I have kept a list on my phone because I was afraid I was going to forget. That's how amazing it was. (laughs) So I saw Dr. Strange. uh, continued watching, uh, the fifth season of the expanse, which is one of the seasons I hadn't seen before. Um, is fantastic. Not a surprise. Um, I have watched the latest episode of heroines run the show.
0: Of course you did.
1: Of course I did. Um, Oh my god! <laughs> it was so. I was stressed. Was looking, I was happy. Was looking, was, di-
0: was looking dicey for you for a second, Nagisa.
1: I know, but
0: you turned you know? out. You turned out, out all right.
1: Yeah, that was good. Um, I continued watching. I mentioned a while ago a British show called The Bay, um, which is not as good as many other British mystery shows or procedurals I watch, but it's it's okay. Um, I watched season two. I just, I think I have an issue with when family drama is involved. Um, I'm like, I don't really like, it's fine for cops to have families. I just don't care about that part of the show. I'm like, I could watch if I wanted to watch a family drama. I would, I would watch that. I want to see you uncover a corpse and slowly (laughs) figure out who did it. Anyway. Um, so I watched that. Um, I have continued watch, uh, reading um, Pretty Dose Street Station, which I mentioned on and off. I've sort of picked so it did, up.
0: I, it kind of feels... I thought you finished that forever ago.
1: No, because I had stopped because I started reading something else because it kind of feels like eating my vegetables. <laughs> like, I I really love the imagery he evokes, and I find the characters interesting, but it's really thick. And it's, it just, sometimes it feels like a bit of a struggle. So anytime I get to a point where I'm like struggling, I like put it down and pick up something else. Like,
0: uh, volume six of Monstrous. Oh shit. I fell off on Monstrous. I need to get back on that.
1: Um, it continues to be probably one of the most beautiful, stunning graphic novels in the entire world. Um, I can't get over, like, literally take any single page of that graphic novel and turn it into like a poster or a piece of art on your wall. Um And it, no one would question it. Like I, I
0: just, I can't get over it. I got to believe that just like she's comfortable with what Monstrous is making or maybe like as is no, she can't meet the pace of like more than one book at once. And that's why she's not everywhere. Like how, how she hasn't been like just snagged by one of the big two for something. Is beyond I, me. I, I
1: I don't know. Um, but it just yeah, all of her stuff blows my mind. Um if I ever got a tattoo, that's I would want her to like do, or I just <laughs> take something something from the graphic novel and just get it all over my back. Um and then most importantly.
0: I am mm-hmm.
1: I'm very frustrated. Oh. Because of all of the Korean dramas that are, like, 40 episodes long, why did Business Proposal only come out with the number of episodes it has? Because did I finish it in did two days?
0: Did you finish Business Proposal? Holy
1: In two shit. days. Two days. <laughs> two days. Do you know how much that is? As we've said to people before, like, that—that that is... Full
0: hours. That's six hours a day, kid. It
1: is full hours of this show.
0: So, I, I don't want to say the bloom fell off the rose of Business Proposal, but it was... I don't know what I got up to. Six or seven, maybe. And I was bummed by the pacing at that point. A little bit. Starting to feel a little saggy. Starting to feel like, okay, let's just... He knows who she is, and now everybody knows everything, but she still doesn't realize that he legit, like, wants to be in a relationship with with her. And it was, like, another hour where we weren't just, like, that wasn't, that Bo wasn't tied up yet. Now, the secondary couple fills in a lot of that gap her best friend you and, know and the secretary story like that fills in a lot of those gaps but i was like we need to get this do you know moving. what
1: we got from the secondary couple <laughs> what do we get we got a hot take off the shirt scene oh shit <laughs> yeah and sex what? i mean what? yes like there was like vaseline on the lens kind of pulled to the right but like there was like and there was a line in there And if someone had ever used that line on me, I would have, I would have died. I would have just
0: died. (laughs) Well. Yeah. I got to get back to business proposal, apparently.
1: I mean, it is, it is all the things we said when we talked about it. It is comf, and we know what we're getting into, and I just, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the couple by the end. I, yeah, no, I, I... I enjoyed it i i obviously enjoyed it i watched all of it in two days i don't know why this one why pasta of all things i haven't finished <laughs> never go finished back to pasta
0: one. business proposal just down that
1: oh yeah so yes please if you have a favorite korean drama and, I do. and you uh you want me to watch it please let me know
0: i have to shout out uh uh, last week tonight with John Oliver this week who his feature story was about uh Subway the sandwich shop
1: the sandwich shop I was yes. going to say the sandwich shop
0: yeah they do some uh they do some sketchy things um with regards to the arrangements they make with franchisees and things like that mm. and one of the things one of the things um Oliver talked about was about um the money they take you know the cut they take from franchising profits, and their fees are higher than most other franchises. And part of that has to do with advertising, which goes into a lot of product placement. To the point where John Oliver had forgotten he was in that episode of Community where Subway buys the school. Oh my God! <laughs> and it becomes it becomes, <laughs> it becomes the sandwich university. He forgot he was even in that. Um, but they do this all the time in korea to the point where subway even made a youtube k-drama oh about about <laughs> this girl like runs up and she's like i like the steak and cheese and he's like what she's like i like the steak and cheese and the, <laughs> the whole thing is like there are two subway employees and one guy keeps giving her the uh, you know the the meat you know the the beyond meat uh version the vegetable sub and another guy is like, "You don't try the steak and cheese, and she decides she likes the steak and cheese because she has a decision to make. Um and then he at the end of the episode he made his own Korean drama. <laughs> oh my god. About about the shady shit Subway does. So it's the universal <gasps> I mean, language. It's the universal what? language. That's what we're saying.
1: I'm gonna go and watch this uh John Oliver Korean drama, apparently hooked.
0: So yes, Korean dramas are are the new the new language. Get on board. Anything else for you?
1: Nope, that's everything. I think that was pretty full,
0: Jordan. I, it was. I'm just making sure before I launch into mine. Jeez. Um, what else? So we talk about heroines. Yes, it's still still delightful. Um, hacks still delightful. You're gonna have to. Opportune June is around the corner. We'll take an opportunity to talk nice. about hacks hacks more in depth. Uh, at that point, uh, we own the city. Is your vegetables? But I can never turn away. Still. Specifically, this episode. This is probably the most screen time John Bernthal has had on the show. Um, it was really focused in and around him, and it is a testament to him as an actor at how good he is at playing a cowboy douchebag.
1: Hey, it takes it takes the talent there. And
0: it does, and you like you know that guy. You know the character he's playing, this Wayne Jenkins cop, is just like. You know that guy. That guy who just, the, the cop who thinks he's untouchable. And that as long as the numbers are on the board, which is the whole thing about The Wire in any David Simon cop show, is like, as long as they have stats to show the bosses and the brass, it doesn't matter how it gets done. Right. Um, which is dangerous. Including so a nice dangerous. little sidebar, Jamie Hector, the former Marlo Stanfield, who plays the cop who was on Jenkins' squad and now works on Homicide and is like kind of... Emerging as the guy who like doesn't drop a dime on Jenkins, but is like telling folks, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going on. I'm on the gun task force with Jenkins. It's like, maybe you want to get out of that after a year, you know, put right. put some time in, but then look for the exit. Um, what was the line? He go. It's a scene with him going to like a jury selection, and it's like he talks to the DA afterwards, and he's like. Y'all have arrested and beat down so many people in this city. It's impossible to find 12 people to put in a box. This question is like, would you believe, oh. would you believe a Baltimore police officer on the stand? No, no, <laughs> nobody would. And that, how, how do you, how do you find an impartial jury in that case? That's
1: that is, that is a
0: problem. No. Um, like I said, vegetables. Exceptionally thought-provoking, very well-acted, crazy good directing. Like, I can't recommend it. It's not <laughs> it's not fun. It's not exciting. It is straight vegetables, but it doesn't feel like vegetables when I'm watching it. And I get bummed when it's over. Because <laughs> I want more. Uh, revisiting an anime from the preview, Downstance Dance 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 Sewer, which I liked more than Kate did. Uh, I got caught up on, Believer up to episode six. We're now... Our boy Junpei and uh, a character I don't think Kate ever really met Luo, who was uh, his ballet teacher's nephew or something, um, who's like the Hikikimori who just kind of like hides in the room and just for some reason he's traumatized and he never wants to really like emerge. They basically do their uh, do their crazy performance and there's obviously someone in the audience. It's doing all the tropes all of these things normally do. There's that. There's the Hoity toity Ballet teacher who was in the audience that day who was like, Well, you're not that's, what you're doing isn't art. Jupé's like, oh, I'll show you what art is type of thing. So now they're moving, the the sphere is expanding, they're moving into this teacher's class, and they're gonna like learn more skills there, etc. Listen, it's all the tropes of sports anime, but it's about ballet, so Hey, so it's not to like. What's not and to love? We like tropes. They're Kumpf. We do. Um shout out to Kumpf. I haven't started a rewatch, but I probably will. Abbott Elementary is on Disney Plus now in Canada. Oh! So, if you did oh, not, if you did not check that show out, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it was a, I'm I'm not out on a ledge here. I mean, it was one of the biggest hits of the last year. Um, but if for some reason you're not a you're not a terrestrial TV person and you didn't really catch it, now you can now you can get caught up. Um, brief sickness update. The sound of sickness. Of sickness. <sighs> Oh, we talked about the samurai champloo soundtracks. We talked about my frustration yes. about not being able to get them. Yep, I did find a proxy that I could work with. I had some shoes that I bought someone cute that were the wrong size at Christmas. I remedied that, but it meant I had these shoes I didn't. I had no use for, <laughs> <laughs> and I held on to them probably longer than I should have. But I wanted the, I wanted the market to balance, Kate to make sure I got the most out of that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't an unfair profit that was made from the shoes. And I just turned the shoes into the records. So
1: I'd be stupid not to do this. Did so it's, it's like nothing ever happened.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's a great decision made by past Jordan. Cost, cost to present Jordan was $35 for both, of, for both of these. I'm still That's missing, so I'm still missing one but it's the one I can live without the easiest for right now. Um, and it's also the one I think it's not one of the new Jabez ones. I now have the new Jabez ones are on route. Those are the ones that are going to just continue to shoot through the fucking ceiling. Um, right. this was the fourth soundtrack by tsuchi and that one I think will level out fairly quickly. Um, and if it, if it does get repressed, I can, I can live. Until I get a repress, but yes, I turn shoes into records.
1: <laughs> and, hey,
0: you're you're like an alchemist, but like I said, I am. <laughs> I turned I turned the I turned the girl into a dog. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, <laughs> no, whatever. Sorry to my Fullman Alchemist heads. Nobody ever likes hearing that, being reminded of that story. No, no, um, no, 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 God, please, no, no. And like I said to Kate in the moment, though I know nobody, listeners, you, Caitlin, no one, Mr. Malash, someone cute, no one is believing this statement coming out of my mouth right now. But when the transaction was done, I had a real Alexander Wett moment. <laughs> oh. Just like, there are no more hills to conquer. Oh.
1: Uh yeah, no, don't believe a word you just said. <laughs> not, a, I'm not, a, bullshit. not a
0: goddamn fucking word. You're full of shit. Nope.
1: Completely full of shit. I you mean, should feel ashamed of yourself.
0: Uh, <laughs> there's all there's already <laughs> shit on the want list that there's gonna be some event in in August where they're repressing a Jordan, bunch of city pop shit.
1: Jordan, it's the sick it's the sickness. It's the sickness.
0: It is the sickness. Oh, and shouts to uh shouts to the New York Times podcast, which had an episode called Why We Collect recently. <laughs> which was just Caramonica and Hwasu of the New Yorker talking about all the stuff they collect and why they collect it. And it's interesting. And it really, not that I needed any encouragement to Caramonica <laughs> says at one point that the, the, the re, and like, listen, the things these guys are into y'all, anyone in my life should thank me for not, not being this bad. They, they're the guys who are like just collecting old photo albums from <laughs> From the side of the road, like, right? Like just they just love ephemera. To the point right. where at one point Monica was like, I'm gonna kick game to you. Look for abandoned hard drives on eBay and just like enjoy the found photos and documents on there. Oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Even like Huatu was like even the other guy was like, That's a little much. Um, but what Caramonica says is for him, it's about chasing a feeling. And like, listen, the thing with these is the thing with the shamploo soundtracks and the story I've told before is just like that's, I watched shamploo my first year away from home. I was in Kingston. It was the furthest I'd ever been from home. Um, I knew no one except the woman I was living with. It was the furthest I was from Mr. Malash, all my friends, all my family, like, and deep diving into the music of Samurai Champloo and of new Japan was like, that was my soundtrack for that year. And it's not like I want to revisit that loneliness, but just like the comfort that that music gave me at that time. Like, that's why I feel it's a similar. Like when I, when I went after those pillows records, the band who did the FLCL soundtrack, I went after them for the same reason. It's just like, they should be here (laughs) if they're available and they're not in my collection, they should be here because of how like totemic they are of a point in my life um that's very highfalutin
1: (laughs) well no i think that's no i legitimately think that's nice i feel the same way about edward Gorey books (laughs) (laughs) i don't like they just they're very important to me because of the relationship with my grandmother right um and And they like evoke this time, and really the reason why I love murder mysteries, it came from my grandma. Mm. Um, And Edward Gorey did the intro to uh, mystery on um, Masterpiece Theater, Mm. Um, and she like she just encouraged that kind of weird literary side of me, and and so whenever I see something that maybe I can't get uh, readily, it you know any old shop i will pick it up um so i get that kind of like wanting to like capture this sort of moment in your life through buying a thing having a thing
0: and it's also like so like the one that kills me is like there's one song on the first soundtrack that is not on the bootleg compilation that i have and it's like it's worth it for that song alone to me because that was champloo soundtracks also like Champlain and Nujabez also carried me through my, like, transition to Toronto, right? Because I was only in Kingston for a year, and then I was in Toronto the year after that. And it's immediately, like, that first year listening to Aurarian Dance, walking from St. Clair Station back to where I was living, um, in, I don't even know what that neighborhood's called, Moore Park. I think that's where I was living. Um, and just that, like... 10 to 15 minute walk from the station to to the house and just like, you know, the quiet and the snow and just that music playing in my headphones as I walked home. It's just like, it's very, it gives a feeling. And that's, you know, like someone cute always says, music is magic. We, it's one of the things we bond over a lot is we both have that connection to music and, you know, being able to put that on and just like catch that vibe is, is very important to me. So would Did I have ever done it without a sudden influx of cash from selling some shoes? Probably not. And it really... Uh, and it would have... Jordan. It, <laughs> eventually. Yeah, sure. Eventually, I might have. I might have had enough and just been like, hey, Mr. Malach, go in the drawer. <laughs> pull out some comic money. Let's get this fucking done. Um, the sad part is now I'm a pro at uh, the proxy buying app, Buyee. Oh. Which means I just get safe search alerts all the time for like rare Salakurakawa seven inches and a species of shit and just
1: and there they are folks
0: and you the know mountains. you know what the, el- new <laughs> and you know you know, <laughs> what, el- right you know what else they, you know what else they do Kate what? they'll just hold your shit for like a month if you just want to keep oh. piling shit up oh no and send it all at once they'll do mm-hmm. that mm. nope
1: This is why I make myself log into Amazon anytime (laughs) I need something. Like, it is no longer an app on my phone. Like, I
0: make myself go
1: to Google and put that in. No
0: more one-click buy for Kate. No. Um, Last thing I want to shout out, the return of a show that Someone Cute brought me, and I was somewhat surprised by how deep I went in on it, and I'm delighted it's back. And that is Legendary, the reality show based around ballroom culture on HBO. Ballroom is a culture and a dance style that uh, was invented and developed in gay clubs and from, like, God, like, the, started in the 60s, maybe? I'm fudging the history, but it's primarily um, queer people of color, um, often trans and, gen- and non-binary. Um, this is where you get voguing, this is where you get, you know, spins and drops, this is where you get um, duck walks, you know, these dance styles all were invented in, uh, the queer clubs in New York, I believe the, um, yeah. that people of color, Paris is burning. And there's an old documentary called Paris is burning that really goes into, uh, into ballroom culture. And it's often the version of like, you'd have crews, right? But they would be called houses and they'd be named after like a fashion house. And they were often people there's a house mother or house father and then they're they're, quote unquote kids. It's fan. It's found family stuff, which is really beautiful. Right. It's like people who, who form these families in these little like dance crews and they often live together. They're often called houses because they share a house. Like, and um, and,
1: I mean, a lot of it is found families because especially, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, people got thrown out of their houses for coming out as, anything other than the norm right. so that's a p- big part of the found family is that I, yes it's your found family because you had no other family to go back to
0: it's it's a really it's a really beautiful um culture that I was un completely unfamiliar with i remember after watching a couple episodes with someone cute uh last year I was left just left with this like why is everyone watching drag race not that drag race isn't Wonderful and important as well. But I never hear anything about this show. I, it's all, the culture is all about... The disco is all about Drag Race. And I never hear about Legendary. But Legendary is fucking dope. Um, and it's back. Third season's back. Um, get on board. <laughs> get familiar with all these people I never knew existed before like a year ago. Like Laomi <laughs> and La Roche. La, and like, listen. It's not without your like... <laughs> woo, moments. Because... This one crew came out, and they did their thing, and it's like, Law, what did you think? And they're, like, on their phone, going, sorry, I was ordering Postmates. What are we doing? Because <laughs> I was bored, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> call the police. Get someone, call the burn ward. Call, call their mothers. God, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> anyway, Legendary is great. You can watch that. Uh, you know what else is great? Maybe the thing we watched this week.
1: Uh well uh, yeah. We there, that is a discussion. That is a discussion.
0: (laughs) Oh someone has opinions. Well I'm curious to see where that's gonna go. Friends, we're gonna get into some Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the movie after this break.
1: Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. But before we get into it, we have some rules. Yep. The first rule is the rule of three. That's the rule. If the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them. So the thing gets a chance to try and become the thing it wants to become. But in this case, it was a film. So there's no parts, though. I almost wish there was. Um, second rule. Hashtag save it for the pod. Jordan is confused. And he's confused because we have not talked about the thing we watched. We never do. Because we want to save it for you, our listeners, until we were sitting in front of these microphones. Mm-hmm. We want you guys to have the freshest of takes for a, a actually fresh thing. We've been on a streak, guys. A fresh streak. <laughs> no back of the fridge. No. Old spaghetti sauce no, for you. No
0: freezer burned fish fillets at the back of, the, back of the freezer for you. Uh, quick update. Rainbow Trout Life. Continues to be yeah. amazing.
1: Oh, amazing. Do your, do your coworkers hate you though?
0: No, I, I generally just kind of have it cold with a salad and it's still fine oh, that okay. way, but I don't want to stick up the entire, the entire room. So
1: that is very, very thoughtful of you. Um, yeah. So freshest of takes all for you guys. Um, but confusing to Jordan. Um, third rule, which isn't really a rule, which is it's just more of a policy is that there will be spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that you can really spoil this. I mean. Um, but if you really care about that kind of thing, then you need to go. You need to go. There aren't so much
0: plot points to be spoiled as much as like unexpected surprises, perhaps. And if you want to have all those just pop, pop for you in the moment, then maybe maybe scrub through and we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. Go grab some Twizzlers from the Dollarama. Uh, go into your $35 movie, um, and, or, or watch this instead.
0: They're, they're good value apparently. Um, so Kate, it was technically Kate's pick. She, uh, brought me something that I hadn't seen and I was fine with it. And but then people just started, started hearing the chatter, just hearing the chatter in the disco people at work who were like, oh man, that, that thing's coming. Can't wait to watch that. And I was like, really? And then I started.
1: And senior correspondent Chris had brought it up.
0: And I heard and I
1: was like, really?
0: I heard a couple things about this movie. I heard a comparison about this movie that seemed intriguing to me. Um, which made me want to see it. And frankly, y'all, our numbers are better when we are contemporary. So <laughs>
1: We're just being honest with you guys. We're not we're not there's no type of like trying to be fake. We just tell you how it is. This is a
0: craven a craven play. Four clicks at this point. And
1: and attention. We both like attention.
0: (laughs) Apparently. I got a taste of it last night and I loved it. Anyway, this is is Chip and Dale (laughs) Rescue Rangers, the movie. This is a 2022 American live action slash animated action adventure comedy film based on the characters Chip and Dale. And a continuation of the subsequent animated TV series of the same name directed by Akiva Schaefer And written by Dan Greger and Doug Mann, the film stars John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the voices of the titular pair. Respectively, with Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons, and Kiki Lane. It is a co-production of Walt Disney Pictures, uh, Mandeville Films, and The Lonely Island. So, that should maybe jerk your eyebrow up, initially. Lonely Island, Chip and Dale Disney feature. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the plot? 30 years after their popular television show ended, Chipmunks Chip and Dale live very different lives. When a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, that being Monterey Jack, the pair must reunite to save their friend. And that is probably a much saner, uh, description of what the plot of this movie entails than anything that actually happens in it. Kate. Yeah. How much did two two part question? How much did you know going in about what this movie was going to do? Number two, did you have any pre existing fondness or relationship for the Disney after school shows of a certain era? Those being like your Ducktales, your Darkwing Duck, your Rescue Rangers, things of that sort. So,
1: so a senior correspondent, Chris, and I talk about this a lot. So we are of the generation that TV raised us. Um, there's a scene in the Simpsons where, uh, Bart and Lisa, like, are hacking the TV and they're like, not the TV, the TV raised us. That's how I was raised and I turned out TV. Um, and we feel very much the same. We watched so much TV when we were kids and we turned out fine. <laughs> um, and though I didn't get the higher up channels or the good channels like the Disney channel, um and i don't know where i saw this stuff but for me it was kind of more on saturdays um like he watched the like back to back like gummy bears darkwing right. duck right, blah, right. Blah. i watched though chippendale rescue rangers and tailspin
0: oh god tailspin and they were that was the like, other one right
1: yeah they were like highlights and along with like like uh um uh tiny toons and animaniacs right, right. and that kind of stuff um so that, like, it is a huge part of my childhood. Um, I knew of the premise because I saw the trailer, and trailers these, these days pretty much give everything away. Um, the good thing I can say about this film is that the casting was great. Um, I did think the casting was really good. Um, But that's sort of where I stood. I wasn't really interested. I kind of saw a little bit of what they were doing. Um, Senior correspondent Chris was uh, much more interested in watching it, which is why I waited to, like, see when he could watch it with me because I wasn't going to watch it without him. Um, And there were a couple nods to things that were fun. Um,
0: So here's here's your... (laughs) Let's pull the curtain back, and if you've been with us to this point and you really don't want to have any like surprises about this. And even if you're wondering, like, how could there be surprises in a Chippendale movie, I mean hit eject now, because we're gonna get into it. Um yeah. My experience with this stuff was obviously I kind of aged out at this point. I still watch Batman. I said we're yes. still watching the Batman we show. Didn't. I still watched Animaniacs, but I mean the Disney shows were skewing a little, a little younger. Maybe I fucked yeah. with Ducktales a little bit, um, but not to any great degree. It was a little, little too, little too kitty for me, um, and also I didn't really fuck with Disney like that because uh, I was surly and serious, serious boy.
1: <laughs> even, even when he was a
0: child. <laughs> um, but they were all around because I grew up in Windsor. I grew up, sorry, I grew up near Detroit. Um, and that's where we caught all the TV from. So it was just. It was Channel 50, you know. That was the Channel 50 on the UHF dial. There are children out there just like their heads are exploding. What are you talking about right now?
1: <laughs> what, what a dial! Meth-
0: Methuselah. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Channel 50 had all these, like in just the after-school block starting at like 3 p.m. Right? It was just mm-hmm. like it was, it was Tiny Toons, and then it was Batman, and then the next block was some combination of. Ducktales, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, and Jip So I knew of them, but I and I knew you know I knew the stupid theme songs, but I had like no huge attachment to them. Um, so the comparison I mentioned earlier that this movie was getting that made me go, hmm, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit?
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I can we can go into that comparison because that's what they were trying to do, and I, I think it was a good idea.
0: Not live uh, issue
1: is the execution.
0: But not, continue. Not just in the, um, in the combination of animation and um, live action, but in the like. Who History. framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? If you're not familiar, was a movie in nineteen. 19- Late 80s, 88, 89, I think, uh, somewhere around there, that also combined live action and animation was a really, like, satirical, goofy noir type of thing. But also was notable for featured every character. You had Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and, God, like, everyone was in it. You had, you had the Looney Tunes and the Disney characters, basically, like... ...in the same movie, which was unheard of at the time. A little less unheard of when three companies own everything, but I was still surprised at some of the combinations we had here in this movie. Um, Which is also what they're doing here. I think the first time I noticed it was the movie starts by going through the meeting of Young Chip and Young Dale um, in elementary school. And they're doing... um, Something at a talent show, and it shows the crowd, and like you just see Master Blaster from the Transformers, like in yes, <laughs> in the audience. And you're like, huh? So eventually, what you end up getting is like a less pretentious version of Ready Player One, where it just kind of becomes sp- okay. spot the reference.
1: So, so I think we have to get into this now because of what you've brought up.
0: Okay, <laughs> they did a really bad job at it. Sometimes, yes, but, Caitlin, when Ugly Sonic came on the screen, okay. I fucking screamed.
1: <laughs> ugly Ugly Sonic was a literal highlight. Who, who would have ever thought someone would be saying the words, Ugly Sonic was a highlight? So- <laughs> ugly Sonic was a highlight, and so were a couple of the other things, but... In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you had characters in the background that were, like, big names. Um, There was a great, like, possibility of using, like, a named Muppets character, which they didn't do. Um, They just made it some weird cheese guy. Yeah,
0: that was...
1: Um, There was a ton of no-name stuff that it made it feel really thin. Um, whereas Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it, like, totally put you into the world. The fact that that movie still holds up today is amazing.
0: Um, it, it really but, does. If you've never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, see Who Framed Roger Rabbit. See Who Framed yes. Roger Rabbit. Definitely, and, and like, like, the whole thing, like, someone on Twitter this weekend, might have been Jamel Bowie, who, like, is a like, political columnist, was, like... When they go from Toontown to the real world, it's fucking, it's still fucking magical. Like... (laughs) Yes.
1: And, okay, so, and there was a nod to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, actually.
0: They did the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, but there was another nod to it. And this this is plays into what you're talking about with the, even the, the type of story it is, which is kind of a little, like, darker, um uh, and noir element. So when he's opening up his kit and he gets the eraser out mm. that erases things yeah. right next to it, it says dip.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that.
1: Yeah. And I was like, Dah! um, cause I'm R- who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of my favorite movies of sorry. all time. Sorry, sorry. as if, I'm sure I've talked about,
0: if we're jumping around like this, there's gotta be a plot synopsis here, uh, a little more in depth than what we gave at the beginning. Um, so basically Chippendale had much success. The show ends up falling apart for reasons. Um Chip and Chip and Dale just sort of like kind of stop understanding each other a little bit, um, and they grow apart. And if you've seen clips and you're wondering why one is CGI and one is still cell animation, it's because it's like a <laughs> they just call it offhandedly the CGI surgery. Yes. Uh so Dale got the CGI surgery and Chip did not. Um basically tunes are disappearing and by uh oh, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called. This is it just the Sweet Pete gang or they're just led by Sweet uh, Pete? I can't remember. Anyway, it's Sweet Pete's gang. Sweet Pete turns out to be a grown-up Peter Pan. Um and they get and when they can't pay their debts or whatever, they get basically surgery done on them and then forced to make janky bootleg movies which is it's honestly it's very high concept (laughs) like
1: no i think it's lovely because there's been so many these days what Um, did they
0: so so the first as an example they show this happening to flounder from the little mermaid yes and what's the movie he ends up with i thought it was like little
1: fish girl (laughs) or something it was like
0: tiny fish girl it was something like that um and so yes, Monterey Jack has a cheese problem, <laughs> and he ends up uh, getting kidnapped. And it's Chippendale trying to find him. And yes, Sweet Pete has a number of tools at his disposal to make a less official version of the character. One of which is an eraser, and apparently a stock of dip, which was the yeah. the acid that could uh, that could murder cartoons in yeah. in Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: Um. Yeah, I just i I thought they could have done s- so much more with what they had because they have
0: so much. <laughs> um, Disney owns everything, right? Um, but I was still confused by that because I had to ru- I ran the movie back one time to catch something, and it was when there was a billboard for Batman versus ET. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, how? Purely from a copyright perspective, how? Because well, you know what they did with Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I know there were like gentlemen's agreements that kind of happened, yeah, Throughout, they asked, so maybe and they just... were like
1: we, but they they pushed the envelope to be like we we need them in this movie to feel like you are in right. this tune people world, like they, and that,
0: and like listen, Bat, that Batman was, was in the Lego movie too, right? So maybe there's like maybe that's how you maybe they're Maybe there are tons of workarounds there that people can do, but I definitely ran it back, and <laughs> the one clip from the movie they showed <laughs> uh, was fantastic.
1: Was, uh, the, my other problem with this movie was it was not funny, um, and I was really frustrated was, by it, that. Was, because it, was I, it
0: funny? Hmm.
1: No. <laughs> if you have to think about it, No. The, the, see, the the side gags, can't,
0: the I behind. Can't, I can't get over the, Ugly Sonic, though. It made me laugh so many times okay, because I couldn't I believe gonna, they were doing it. That. The, so what they're, the, sorry. That, we keep saying it, and friends, if you didn't live on the internet then, you don't know what we're talking about. When the first, was it the trailer or the promo image? When the first images from the, the. I'm pretty sure it was the trailer, but from, I could from be the wrong. The first Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie came out. You saw Sonic, and he looked Fucking terrible. It's like they tried to make him look like more real worldly and less cartoony. So like his fur looked a little off and most notably he had human teeth. (laughs) They gave him human teeth and the internet fucking exploded. And in the one time where like fanboy rampage has actually yielded good results, they went back to the drawing board and totally redid his design. So, and now
1: Sonic Two is a summer
0: blockbuster. Yeah, and so now, so. when you're in the early stages of the movie, and Dale is at some like you know, sad. He's on the sad row of like, <laughs> you know, when you go to comic You know, when you go to Comic Con, you go to the convention, and there's the people who like you know, the guy who wore the Chewbacca costume and stuff like that. No shots, but it's like it's the sad lane of of yeah. the autograph aisle, and. Ugly Sonic—that's what they call him. That's what it says on his board. Is across the aisle, and they keep zooming in and slowing down on his human teeth. Okay, so this (laughs) is and I get, I get, like it's, but it's only funny if you know everything that led up to it. Otherwise, you're just like, huh?
1: But, but this is what I was saying. It, it was all the gags that were like not central to what they were doing right. like it was like that or it was like the billboards or the shot of the <laughs> et versus
0: batman he's got, he's got those polar express eyes
1: <laughs> that see it was like these like little bits of stuff right. like when all the seth rogan characters yes. laughing <laughs> yes. like that kind of stuff but i still felt like it was a really thin movie, and if we had seen more characters from from things we had known, it would have – the world would have felt more populated, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, and I just – I only laughed, like, maybe three or four times. And the other writing, like, it just didn't – wasn't snappy, and I felt like it really should be snappy. Um, but, Yeah.
0: I dem- yeah. was Maybe asking for
1: too much nope. from the <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers.
0: Yeah, sorry. Movie. sorry, the Chippendale Chip Rescue Rangers movie wasn't the Godfather. Kate, Jesus. <laughs>
1: also, also, sorry. This movie is for adults. Um, no kid knows like who these characters
0: I, I ge- are. I guess that's one. I guess that's maybe the greater question is like,
1: who is this movie for?
0: And if it, it like you said, it's clearly made for people of a certain age who like would catch these references but why would you make this movie for them
1: like even everything like the references to like pogs right like that is a very specific time in place <laughs> um like pogs were only around for like 10 years not even god five years maybe
0: I only know, I I, I didn't see it. Like, I'm sure there's already, like, a 45-minute YouTube video that's on my homepage right now, ready to explain to me all the things I didn't see in the Chippendale movie. Um, I just even like the fact that when, in the first five minutes, again, you talk about dumb little one-liners that uh, made me laugh. In the first five minutes, they're like, when you think of the name Chippendale, you probably think about, and it's, you know, (laughs) the, the furniture maker. Yes. And then it was like, but next you probably think of these guys. And it shows the strippers. And I was like, oh, they did it. It's that movie.
1: And the fact that Chippendale would, or sorry, is it Dale? Dale got 3D surgery? Yes. Yes. He's obviously working as a Chippendale. What? In one of the scenes.
0: I don't believe
1: you. He says he says he's on stage or in a play or something and there's like all the other gentlemen are they like leaving? And oh he's like, hey, right. Do
0: you, do you guys want to hang out? Wow. They were obviously Chippendales. I remember that scene, yes. <laughs> and I You're thought it was uh, it out. I'm trying to block it out. I got to go back and rewatch it because I did not understand what was happening in that scene. Um It's goofy. I, Caitlin is correct. All the best moments about the movie have nothing to do with the main plot. When the plot is moving, yes. I was checking my phone. Um, when they were actually trying to put, what happened to Monterey Jack? Girl, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like whatever. Apparently, Eric Bana voiced him, which I did not realize until two minutes before starting this episode. Um, but then you'd hear something funny kind of happen off screen or happen, and you'd look up and it'd be like like. <laughs> Dennis Hastings emerging as the voice of Flipper the Fly.
1: Yes, that was fantastic. I we were that. so glad that they were they got together and had so many children.
0: <laughs> Weird mouse <laughs> fly hybrid <sighs> fly children. Fly
1: hybrids, so good.
0: Um, I did like J.K. Simmons as a uh, claymation <laughs> cop. Yeah. I enjoyed him, but I mean, it's it is it is meringue. It is not. It's not something I will be returning to mm-hmm. at all. Maybe to see if this keyblade thing actually happened, because that's what the most consistent man at work kept harping at me about last week. Is that there's a keyblade in the Chippendale movie? <laughs> Kingdom what? Hearts, Kingdom Hearts is canon now. Oh my god! Well, I gotta, I gotta go check for that. But uh, it's like a six for me. It's like a five for me. Like it's a movie.
1: It works <laughs> as a movie. You could put it on and it, then like. Like if you if you need to like write your uh, reception invites, you can have it <laughs> playing in the background while you did that. perfect, Not perfect background same. material for writing. You did that. I'm just saying you could if you
0: wanted to. It is an activity you could do while you watch Chip and Dale. Yes. Um. Justice for Ugly Sonic. Give him a, give him a spin off.
1: <laughs> oh my God! I just we I just, just we then, just
0: didn't want to be surprised Hollywood. You surprised us the first time. If we're, pre- if we're prepared for them.
1: Well, also be careful when you give characters human teeth. <laughs> it's like when you give dog like the, the dogs, like with the dentures, like it's, it is unsettling to say the least.
0: Tim Robinson from Tim and Eric. Great job. Voiced ugly Sonic. I really want to know who that, who it was. As I was typing to see who did the name, obviously, you know, suggested uh, news articles were, were coming up. Including one from Forbes that says, get Ugly Sonic, his own Paramount Plus show immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paramount Plus, where all the good things are.
0: Taylor Sheridan, take a break from the Yellowstone Expanded Universe and write, write my Ugly Sonic spinoff. Yeah. Friends, that is on Disney Plus. Have at it. Maybe you, maybe you like it better than we did. Maybe you spot some references that we did not you probably did. We- um, maybe
1: we're fools,
0: maybe, but maybe we are fools
1: and you should let us know
0: twitter.com slash <laughs> Get <them off>, above <laughs> <they're> Twitter, <like>, fools <laughs> just scream at us. Yeah. That's what Twitter's for. Right. Friends. Other than that, we will be back next week in person, allegedly to talk about more of that piping hot, fresh content for you taking another dip in the disco over here on the geek down pod friends thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week it truly means the world to us my name is jordan ferguson
1: my name is caitlin McKinnon. the theme song is by rob gasser and i hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic episode of the geek down podcast
0: friends um no you have something
1: no 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 sorry you got to do your other stuff first and then i i will yeah i gotta got
0: get through the preamble
1: you gotta get through the preamble i know i'm just jazzed okay I'm <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> jazzed. <You're
0: fucking> jazzed. <laughs> she's out there with the hands <laughs> are just waving she's like let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs> it's a trumpet for some reason Uh <clears throat>